today is the truth. Let's go and see what we can find. And God, we trust standing up for our founders. Amen? Well, look at that. Look at that. A lot of people want to tear that down. The Washington Monument. Hmm. What would our country look like if you tore, tore everything down? Yes or no? We'd be a better nation if you tear everything down. No, last time I see when, when people tear things down, it looks pretty rough after you get stuff tore down. Y'all hear me or not say? Amen? Come on. So let's look. Let's talk about standing up for our founders today. It's my message. It's my title. If you don't like it, blame me. Amen? Here we go. This is what's happening right now in our country. This is what's happening right now in our country. These, these images. You see that? Okay? That's what's happening in our country. George Washington, Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, Francis Scott Key, what did he do? <laughs> he wrote the national anthem. And now the NFL and other great sports are considering not having the national anthem at all at any of their games anymore. Nobody loves NFL football more than me. But you know what? I can hit a golf ball on Sunday afternoon, too. You hear me? I can go find me something else to do. And I love the Minnesota Vikings. But where were the Vikings when Minneapolis has been burning? I'd love to see my purple people eaters out there. You hear me? Yes or no? Saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that here. We're not. We're the Vikings. Yes or no? Amen. Say, wonder if it would have sort of calmed down if the Vikings would have showed up. Don't you think it would have been better? Yes or no? Some of the people running their mouth in these cities, like if San Francisco is destroyed, be nice if some of those San Francisco players would have stood up and said, no, 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 no. You call us heroes. You call us great people. You come out and pay your money to watch us. We're going we're to stand for our country right now. Wouldn't it be a different country, yes or no? Crazy. Let's go. Here we go. George Washington is known as the what of our nation? The father of our nation. Kidding me? Wonder why. That's a pretty big title, isn't it? The father of our nation. Born in 1732, died in 1799. He was the first president of the United States of America. He was commander in chief of the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. You know the war before we had a country? Yes or no? Amen. Y'all hearing me or not? It's easy to criticize somebody when you've done nothing. You didn't have a country. We didn't have a country. We had people wanting to kill you, enslave you, rape you. And he was one of the men that said, no! And started with little farmers and people like that that would join his team. It's a mighty man right here. He was a surveyor, planter, soldier, statesman. A lot of people trying to tear down our country. You can't even get a job at 7-Eleven. Excuse me. Or you've got a fancy education that basically for four years you learn nothing about our country except how to tear it down. This is awful, ain't it? It is true. George Washington, who are you? Who are you, George? Well, as a boy, my father died when I was 11. How many grew up with a father? You had a father. Can I see some hands? You got to enjoy your daddy? He didn't. Got it? Y'all understand who George was? 
He went to live with his older half-brother in Westmoreland County, Virginia. He knew what it was, he knew what it was to grow up tough and have to go live with some other family. That's not easy, is it? My mother and dad divorced when I was 11. It changed everything in my home. We're poor as dirt to begin with. Now we're crazy poor. And now there's other men coming into my house, a man coming in and having sex with my mother in my own house. Life can get tough, can't it? George had it pretty tough, but he had never complained. He would not want me to complain for him today. Most of his education was through what kind of schooling? What kind of schooling? Through what kind of schooling? Oh, yeah, isn't it funny how everybody talks how bad homeschooling is, and for the last three or four months, that's exactly what we did with our children in this country all across America, didn't we? Oh, it's good. You can do it. It's good. I thought you said all these people that do that are crazy people. Isn't it funny? Yes or no? I ain't going to get nothing done if I keep pointing out every point. He received a surveyor's license from William and Mary College in 1749. Just a quick little thing about colleges in our country. I'll tell you this. I think every college except two of the 104 colleges that were found in this country were all colleges trained to teach you how to be a pastor and a preacher and an evangelist and a teacher. You know what the first one was? Take a wild guess. Harvard University. Did you know to get admitted to Harvard University, you had to, you had to know, read, understand, write Greek and Latin? Wonder why? Well, that's what the Bible's translated in. Wonder how many from Harvard now can even quote a Bible verse? Yes or no? It's our country, guys. So that's where George went to school, William and Mary. Age 15, he wrote some rules of civility. So he's a 15-year-old kid. He's writing a book called Rules of Civility. 15 years old. We look at 15-year-olds now that we think they can't do anything. That's all a lie. 15-year-olds can still be strong. They can still be brave. They can still be smart. They can still do great things. Here's some of his rules. Here's some of his things he wrote. When you speak of God or His attributes, let it be seriously and with what? 15-year-old. What? Come on. Look at this one. Honor and obey your parents, although they be what? Poor. You mean I'm supposed to honor mom and daddy even though they don't have much of an education and they work all day long and... And, uh, you know, other people might put them down, but you mean I ain't supposed to? No, you love your mom and your daddy. That's old school stuff, ain't it? Let your recreations, George is 15 years old in his little book he wrote. Let your recreations be what? Be what? Let a man be a what? Man, by the way, I just stepped on my shoelace, so I'm going to be a man. I'm going to tie it right in front of you. There you go. Oh, ouch. That's an old man getting down. Yeah, let your recreations be what? Manful, not what? I, just, I know we could have put a bunch of them up there, but I, I sort of like that one. Later, labor to keep alive in your breast. Watch this one. A little spark of celestial fire. Fifteen years old. Called what? Wow. You mean I should work at keeping my conscience alive and keeping it working? And the Bible says how you do that. I will hide God's word in my heart that I won't do what? Sin against him. That's how you keep your conscience alive. That's that spark. Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and it's a what? It's a light unto my pathway. The entrance of your word, Lord, gives me light. 
That's what George was saying. As a 15-year-old. George Washington, as a young soldier, listened to the words of his mother Mary Washington. Mary, Mama. When he's a young man, he's headed off to war. Here's what his mother said. George, remember that God is our only sure trust. This is Mama talking. To Him I commend you, my son. My son, neglect not the duty of what? Secret prayer. George Washington. Listen to what one famous Indian warrior Because it was battle not just from the Brits, it was from the Indians, it was all over. Okay? And it's easy to sit back in an armchair at now and look back and go, well, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. All you are is a commentator. Most times commentators aren't in the game at all. They just run in their mouth. Okay? Here's what an Indian warrior said about him, his enemy. Washington was never born to be killed by a bullet. That's what his chief, one of his chief enemies said against him. I had 17 fair fires at him with my rifle. And after all, I could not bring Washington to the ground. This is our nation. This is why we say in God we trust. There's so many stories of America not being America if just one of those bullets would have taken out George Washington. Y'all hear me or not? You don't believe in miracles in our nation, do you? I absolutely believe in miracles in our nation. We're a miraculous nation. Let's thank the Lord for it. Come on. We're a miraculous nation. That's who we are. America is a miracle. That's who we are as a country. There's never been a country like America. Ever. It's a miracle. Look at an entry in his diary. He kept a diary. Oh, yeah. Amen. On June the 1st, 1774, a couple of years prior to our nation's independence, or the de declaring our independence, as the colonies were seeking God's will as to whether or not they should break ties with England, here's what he wrote in his diary during that time of battle. When things were hard in this nation, before we ever were a nation, people are dying left and right on a battlefield to try to preserve freedom for you and me one day. What did he put in his diary? Read it out loud. Went to and think about that next time at home or in this room today when you are so lazy you don't get up and come to church. I'm not saying that as a preacher. I'll be fine. I'm saying that as an American. You hear me or not? The greatest thing you can do for your country is get your tail out of bed on a Sunday morning and get to the house of God as quick as you can. And come humble, confessing your own sins, not impressing so-and-so with your new tie or your big Bible. Y'all hear me? It's tough, ain't it? Yes, sir. I didn't know how I was going to preach it. I've done George Washington many times. As a general, listen to the orders he gave his troops. And this is general talking. God help us to have generals like this again in our nation. Somebody can make you a general, but somebody can't make you into the man George Washington was. Only God can do that. Listen to what he said. Listen to the orders he gave his troops on July the 4th, 
1775, a year before the declaring of our independence, which would mean the slaughter of many people when you do that and the losing of most of your houses and lands. Here's what he said to his troops, the general. The general most earnestly requires, that's being nice, (laughs) he most earnestly requires and expects a due observance of those articles of war established for the government of the army which forbids, say it with me, profane, cursing, swearing, and what? What has our military been known for for the last 50 years or more? For what? Profane cursing, swearing, and what? No wonder our country's going to hell in a handbasket. You think you can just put on a military uniform? And all of a sudden, it's going to get the job done? You need to be right with God. You need to love God. You need to quit hanging out at the... uh, Brothels. They travel overseas. It's crazy. Yes or no? Am I right or wrong? This wasn't the way George ran his army. Okay? I can see George Washington saying, I don't do that, and you're not getting by with it. Any questions? Y'all hear me or not? In like manner, the general speaking... I require and expect of all officers and soldiers not engaged in actual duty. What does that mean? You know, if somebody's not firing weapons at you and trying to kill you, I expect a punctual attendance of divine services. What does that mean? What does it mean? I expect you to be in church. Well, you can't tell me that. I'm an American. Well, you can find your tail in somebody else's army because you're not in mine. Happy trails. Why, why, George, do I need to go to church? To implore the blessings of heaven upon the means used for our what? If we're going to have this country, if it's going to be a free country, we need him. And I need you imploring him for us and future generations. Amen? This is George Washington. What a great guy, huh? Did you hear this last night on the evening news? Yes or no? I'm glad nobody has a TV show that they can go into my life and find the bad things I've done and just talk about that for a half hour. How many would say, I'm glad that they don't do that to me either? How about that? Isn't that nice? I'm going to stand up for him. You know what? When he commissioned warships, he had this flag made and put on the ships. An appeal to heaven. (laughs) I wonder what people thought. Here comes the ship and there's a little green tree on it. An appeal to heaven. (laughs) You know what that meant? You better watch out. Because it ain't just the U.S. It's God's with us. Amen. Coming on. Come after us. We're coming after you. Listen to what General Washington wrote to his troops. Two days before the Declaration of Independence. Two days. This is when we were on the beach here the night baptizing. We baptized. Let's thank the Lord. We baptized about 20 this week down here at Inglewood Beach. Come on. I loved it. I loved it. Had a 17-year-old that went to another church. She had pants on. She said, I've been wanting to get baptized. My church is shut down. I've always wanted to get baptized at the beach. I said, come on, honey. 
Had a little kid with purple hair, about 22 years old, little punk kid. My kind of kid. I love these kids because they're just like me, mouthy. And uh, a family brought him, and he had been wanting to get baptized. He has hair purple like the Vikings. I said, I love your hair. I said, you're a Viking fan. He said, no, it's for the Lakers. I said, get out of here. But we had a great evening. But look at the evening they had. July 2nd, 1776, two days before the Declaration. George Washington writing, The time is now near at hand, which must probably determine whether Americans are to be free men or what? Slaves. Whether they are to have any property they can call their own. Whether their houses and farms are pillaged and destroyed and themselves consigned to a state of wretchedness from which no human effort will deliver them. The fate of unborn millions, say that with me, the fate of unborn millions will now depend under God, say it with me, on the courage of this army. Can you imagine putting a flag around a statue of George Washington's head and burning it? Can you imagine taking, you know, paint, blood, and pouring it all over his body? A statue? It's because you're an absolute idiot. You're an ignorant people. I'm not trying to put you down, but if that's you, that is your shoe. It fit good. This is who he was. This is who we are as a people. This is what we've forgotten. Amen? Standing up for the founders is more than saying, Don't turn on that statue! It's standing up for who they believed in and what they believed in. It's not standing up for every single thing they did. We're all what? Sinners. And we've all fallen what? Short of the glory of who? He goes on to say, Our cruel and unrelenting enemy leaves us only the choice of brave resistance or the most abject submission. Amen. I love this line. Say it with me. We have therefore to resolve to, or what? Paying the options here. Here's the option. We're going to conquer, or we're going to die trying. Y'all hear me, boys? When we built this building, it was nothing like that, but I had the hat that said, say it if you know it, debt free or die. I went to Rotunda. They didn't like my hat when they wouldn't let us build this building. They said, what's that mean, your hat, debt free or die? I said, it means we're going to build this debt free if it kills me. Now, that's just a little thing. But can you imagine going out to a battlefield where you're outnumbered like crazy? And saying there ain't but one option here. Courage. Courage to win. Or courage to what? To die trying. The general trust and hopes that every officer and man will endeavor to what? Live and act as becomes a what? Did it say Muslim soldier? I don't mean to be ugly, but let history be history. Can history just be history? That's what he told them. 
okay, or go out there and be a, a Buddhist monk or hum on the beach. No, he says, as becomes a Christian soldier, defending the dearest rights and liberties of the country. Keep looking. Standing up for the founders today, George Washington, August 20th, 1778. Washington writes to General Thomas Nelson. Here's what he said about us. He talked about us. That he must be worse than an infidel that lacks faith and more wicked that has not gratitude to acknowledge God's obligation, his obligations, his obligations. That the hand of providence, God's hand, has been so conspicuous in all this, the course of the war. He's saying to us, as we look back over history and we don't see that God's hand was on America and that this is a God thing, this nation's a God thing, he said, you know what, as far as he's concerned, we're infidels, we're heathen. We're on the devil's side. That's what George said. He later said to this fellow, he said, it'll be time enough for me to turn preacher when my present appointment ceases. George Washington was not ashamed of his faith in Jesus Christ. I could tell you story after story of how he lived for Christ. Things that he did from fasting to prayer to, to riding his horse 25 miles one way just to attend an evening Sunday night service after he had done, done it in the morning. I hear people say, can't come to fellowship, it's too far. You know, it's about six miles. And you got a car? He went 25 miles doing this. <laughs> but you can't do this air and like. That's our country. Yes or no? I know this is strong. It'll be, you'll be fine. George Washington, not as the preacher, but as the President of the United States of America. Here's what he said. George Washington, when he took the oath of office on April 30th, 1789, he put his hand on the what? Now, we never had no president before. We still do that, don't we? What did he say? What did he say that day? What well, was the first words out of his mouth? The opening of his address that day. It would be particularly improper for me to omit in this a first, a first official act my fervent supplications. To the Almighty Being, that's to God Almighty, who rules over the universe, who provides in the council of nations. This is his first words. And whose providential aids or God's hand can supply every human defect and, and fix. If you go to Washington Memorial in, in Washington, on the rear wall of Washington's tomb is engraved the following verse. There's verses all over it i got a secret belief. That's why they want to tear it down. i got a funny feeling there's more up to this than just, you know. And I don't mean to be ugly. I think it's a lot more than just race and things like that. That's why you see so many people that aren't black marching. And rioting. This is Gary talking. I might get in trouble for saying this, but who, who's going to get me? I think there's an all-out assault on Christianity in our country. We know this country is not founded on these.
people's belief. This country was founded on their belief in Jesus Christ and on principles. But look at when you go to the Washington Memorial. What's inside this verse? Boy, this has got to be offensive to people. Look at this one. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. What? You can't say that. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never what? No wonder he could be such a mighty warrior. He was going to get a promotion. Keep looking. Is that the only verse? Well, it stands over 555 feet tall. Engraved on the east side of the metal cap are these words. Look at these words. Lay us down. It means what? You mean on the top it says praise God? Tear it down! On the stairways, when you're walking up the stairs. Here we go. We're going up the stairs. Verses. Look at this verse. Jesus called unto him and said, Suffer. I'm looking close. I'm inside the memorial. Little children to come unto me and don't forbid them the kingdom, for such is the kingdom of God. You mean like little kids were supposed to trust God and believe God? Oh, yeah. That's inside. How about this one? How would our country be different if people would just start at the Washington Memorial? Don't do anything else. Just read those verses and you'll live your life by it. Wonder how America would be. Say that one with me. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not want. Now, I can't teach my children about God. I'll warp their brain. We need some warping. <laughs> Amen, say. Look at this one. Another scripture. We're just inside. Going up the stairs. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are those which testify of me. In George Washington's memorial. And they made the plate another one of the holy crown of pure gold and wrote upon it a writing like unto the engravings of a signet. Say that last part with me. Holiness to the Lord. Amen. Y'all hearing today or not? Y'all okay? I like George. Y'all like George? Makes me look at a dollar different now. Amen. Makes me want to go, hey, do you know George? And by the way, it also has these words on it. Say it with me. Let's thank the Lord for George Washington. Come on. That's just one. Okay? Like if y'all think right here, kids, if you think you're leaving me yet, I'm not done. Y'all hear me or not? You going to live or not? Did they teach you this in school? Yes or no? You ever heard this about George Washington? Yes or no? The answer is no. Otherwise, you would have jumped on the seat. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Keep looking. Me neither. I never heard any of this. Me neither. Me neither. I never heard none of it. None of it. Keep looking. Let's look at this man real quick, not near the time, and I'll speed through it, Raj. John Adams, our second president. Just go with it. He was a graduate of Harvard. Now, if you went to Harvard, you were studying to be a what? Master. Absolutely. You had to know, you had to know two languages. Greek and what? Latin. Okay. And Hebrew. Most likely, but I know those other two. Member of the Continental Congress, signer of the Declaration of Independence. He was a U.S. ambassador to France. He helped negotiate the treaty with Britain ending the what war? What does that mean? He helped negotiate the freedom that you and I have in America today. Somehow this man had gifts given to him by God. After that ugly letter they wrote to the king, telling him, you're this, 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 and we will never bow to you ever again. 
Somehow he helped convince him, this is a good idea that you take it, King. I like John Adams. He served eight years as vice president under who? You think you learned something? Yes or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He became the second president in 1796, just three electoral votes ahead of some little no-name guy named who? Who would later become our third president. We don't have men running for office like this anymore on either side. But my strong advice would be to you is vote for whoever would somehow stand up for what these men stood for. That should be part, you, no party on that. Well, I don't like this and I don't like this. Well, see, I love America more. Got it? Yes or no? Did you know the presidential race is not a, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a personality contest. It's about our country. Yes or no? And that's just one part of standing up for our country. So many things we need to be doing. Became the seventh, second president. He was the first president to live in the what? Look, we've got us a house. Here we go. What did he have to say about the Bible? What do you think, President John Adams, about the Bible? Because I know you were there at the signing Declaration of Independence. You were part. You were our founding father, one of the greatest leaders, really. This is his diary dated February 22nd, 1756. He wrote this. Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book. It's just a heathen country just took this book. And every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. You just lived as good as you could according to this book. Every member would be obligated in conscience to temperance. That word means self-control. Frugality, being wise in your spending. Industry, work. To justice, kindness, charity, or the word love, towards his fellow man. And to piety, love, and reverence toward Almighty what? That's what he thought of the Bible. I could take people living in the darkest part of this world. And if they just live by this book, wow, they'd be fabulous. That's what he believed. Amen? But I don't understand the Bible. I can't read the Bible. That's why our country's going to hell in a handbasket. Yes or no? Amen. In a letter to Thomas Jefferson, December 13, 1813. Now, by the way, this is what? Almost uh, 40 to 50 years, almost, not quite, but from the signing together they did. He said, I've examined all religions. This is John Adams, been around a long time, smart fellow. I've examined all religions as well as my narrow sphere, my straightened means, as my busy life would allow. And the result is that, say it with me, the Bible is the best book in the what? I don't know how much plainer you can be. John Adams, what's the best book in the whole world? The what? The what? It contains more philosophy than all the libraries I've ever seen. Isn't that a great line? John Adams, what did you say about the principles of Christianity, sir? Well, a letter dated to Jefferson in 1816... The general principles on which the fathers, as our founders, achieved our independence were the only principles in which that beautiful assembly of young gentlemen could unite. 
Okay? Christian principles. And what were these principles that all of us together signed that day? What brought us together to form this nation? What's the only thing that would have worked to bring us together? He says, I answer the general, say it with me, principles of what? In which all these sects, that means denominations, all the different denominations of Christianity at that time, we were united together in the general principles of Christianity, and that's how you got America. That's why we say we're a Christian nation. Well, why shouldn't I say we're a Christian nation? That's what he said. He was there. He said it was the one thing, we're all different, we're all crazy, got our own problems, but it was one thing that brought us together and kept us together. It was the general principles of Christianity. And that's why we have America. Y'all hear me or not? So now you understand why I say get your tail up, go to a church where they teach the Bible. Why? Because that's the best book in the world. Why should I, what's that great being American, coming to church? What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, that, that's the general principles on which our country was founded. You understand that? Good stuff, man. The general principles of English and American liberty, in which all those young men, what? United and which has united all parties in America. A majority sufficient to assert and maintain her independence. Now, I avow that I then believed, and I now believe, 50 years later after the Declaration of Independence, he's writing, that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the actual existence and attributes of God. What's he saying? He's saying these principles that united us from the Bible are as eternal today, they're as real today, as they were when we did it back then. Amen. You don't believe that Bible, do you? Need to change our way we believe. We need to get with the program. Here's the program off the edge of a cliff without Jesus Christ. Strong message. I remember how I was like you years ago when I sat and listened to a man stand up for America at a church and talk about America. And I'm quitting. And some of you have those same looks on your face. Sort of shocked a little bit. I can't believe how far we've come. But if you'll listen to how far we've come, it'll put in perspective why you see what you see happening. Not just recently, but over the last many years. There's a battle between good and evil. Between Satan and God Almighty. And it's not about a political candidate, guys. It's about are we going to live for Jesus Christ and not just go to church and that's what we did today. I went to church. I heard Pastor Gary. He's an odd joker. No, but when you leave this place, you live for the Lord. You're not ashamed of Him. You're not ashamed of your founding. And if you are ashamed, shame on you. That's how I feel. Somebody should have told you I did. Happy Fourth of July. We got to quit, Roger. And that those principles of liberty are, are as unalterable as human nature and our terrestrial mundane system. I got to quit, though. What do you think about parents? Parents? Okay, it's two years after the declaration. In vain are schools, academics, and universities instituted if they lose principles and licentious habits are impressed upon children in their earliest years. What's that mean? Parents do right. Husband, love your wife. Wife, love your husband. Is that what the Bible says? He says, the vice is an example the parents cannot be concealed from the children. You live like the devil and I mean, your children are going to be crazy. How is it possible that children can have any just sense of the sacred obligations of morality or 
if from their earliest infancy they learned their mother lived in habitual infidelity. Mother's cheating on daddy to their fathers. And, and, and daddy cheating on mama. How are we going to have a country if we keep doing that, parents? Yes or no, say. Children deserve to be brought up in a home where mama loves daddy and daddy loves mama. And they're faithful to one another and they care for one another. And marriage is sacred still. Say that with me. Marriage is what? Sacred still. Marriage matters. John Adams. What did he say about religion and morality? I've got to quit with this one, Raj. We've got to have communion. It's late. Statesmen, my dear sir, may plan and speculate for liberty, but it is religion. That's Christianity when you see that. And morality, that's the principles of Christianity, alone which can establish the principles on which freedom can securely stand. The only foundation of a free constitution is pure virtue. And this cannot be inspired into our people in greater measure than they have now. They may change their rulers and the forms of government, but they will not obtain long-lasting liberty. How many would stop? We've got to quit, Rod. Just come off the screen. I can't take no more. I'll keep reading it. How many would say, I can't believe what I'm seeing before my eyes and how fast it happened? How many? Let me see some hands. It's sort of a shock, isn't it? Didn't it happen sort of fast? The Bible says it's time to wake up out of your sleep. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Today is the only day you and I have to live for Jesus Christ. Tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll do this tomorrow. I need to do right today. Yes or no? Say that with me. I need to do what? Right when? Today. Let's thank the Lord for standing up for the founders today. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. A lot. Amen. Praise the Lord. We got to quit.